0: Greetings, adventurers, and welcome to another episode of Vitamin D&D, your weekly dose of Dungeons & Dragons, just what the DM ordered. I'm your host, Patrick, and here with me today, as always, is my fellow co-host and party member, Brady. Hello there. Hello, General Kenobi. Um, General Kenobi. (laughs) Yes. Hello there. All right, (laughs) so on this week's episode of Vitamin D&D, We're going to get into it. Character creation. Finally, we are here. Yep, We're the meat and potatoes of D&D. Bread and butter. Um, Yep. It's going to be getting real. Yep. Here we go. So um, if you've been listening along with us, the previous, I guess, six episodes up till now have been building up to this point. We've covered what is D&D. We've covered you know the different abilities that make up you know the game what who you are the races the classes so here we are going to start putting it all together and make a character
1: that's right uh so just like patrick said everything's been leading up to this moment the past couple episodes so uh we're just gonna jump right into it and um let's get started patrick all right start us off there
0: okay so um first thing First things first, I guess. Um, like I said, building up to this point, there's three main elements that make up your character. And um, the player's handbook, it starts on page 11 with character creation and talking about it. Um, and it kind of has step one, two, three, but uh, really, you want to think about it in kind of not step two, one, two three, like black and white, but more like the step one, two, three, like all at once, you know, you can do it out of order. You can say, I want to think about my race for my character, the class for my character and the background for my character. Or you may say, I really want to play a paladin and then think, you know, okay, what race is my paladin? And like, what's their background? Um,
1: Yeah. It's really whatever strikes your fancy. Like if you're struck one day with this awesome, idea for a certain character and you know, it's maybe a little against the grain, like go for it. It doesn't have to be any certain formula or whatever, but just whatever you feel kind of comes to you naturally to sort of like do any of these three really need any, any step.
0: Yep. Um, you know, so first one as presented in the player's handbook, is going to be race. Of course. Well, like episode four, uh, starts on page seventeen, and like we talked about in that episode, there are nine standard races in the player's handbook for fifth edition. Now, of course, there are tons of variants like Goliaths and uh, what is it, Tabaxi, which are like cat people. Um, yeah, the yeah. the crow people. What are they called? Um, gosh, why do you ask me?
1: <laughs> um, uh, any other day but anyways yeah there's a whole <laughs> lot of other things but we're going to stick with the just the basic 12 in the player's handbook
0: yep i'd say by the time you're ready to get out on your own and pick some you know, variant races you uh may not need us nearly as much so they all, they you can still so tune fast.
1: in and get some uh, <laughs> get some other neat ideas they grow
0: up so fast they do um (laughs) eventually yeah so uh let's see and then next is going to be um oh and of course um before you go off and choose some crazy like bird people or something like that um talk to your dm and make sure that whatever you know race you're going to go with or even if you're you know want to ask the dungeon master i don't want to play one of the standard races do you have any suggestions they may have an idea of some variant races that they are comfortable having in their campaign or that feature prominently in their campaign.
1: Yeah, that that's a good point because you know, the DM uh, hopefully has been working with your group uh, pre session zero before you started all this kind of talking with you about starting your characters and stuff. But um, just speaking from a DM's perspective real quick, real quick. um, It helps to talk with your, your characters because your world might have You might be setting up your world in a certain way to where just for example off the top of my head like something like where magic maybe isn't that prevalent in the world and uh magic users are very you know looked at differently they're more pariahs or you know scorned or looked down upon um so you know your your class selection might sort of be a little bit different and maybe you want to fit in more or something like that. But also with your race, you know, these races where dragonborns are, you know, every day in common in this world, or is this world a world where dragonborns are rare and your, your character as a dragonborn is, you know, is kind of important to the overall story or you're kind of a rare thing in this story. So work with your DM and just talk about what, kind of works for the world that they have in their mind and that they have developed and just bottom line, just run it by your DM and just be like, Hey, is this cool? Or can I play something out outside the box? And they'll give you a yes or
0: no, or just like a, Hey, steer towards this. Right. Um, I'd say that, you know, if you've got a good dungeon master, um, being in good communication with them is going to make them so encouraged that they may be much more inclined to, let you pray to play some crazy genie person if you you know talk to him about it yes um yes like
1: again coming from a dm perspective like anytime that i started a new campaign there was one campaign where patrick and i were talking about this before we started recording there was one guy that he gave me literally like i think it was somewhere around like three to five pages backstory he had everything like his lineage and his, where he came from. And, you know, I gave him a little bit of playroom on like, you know, you can come up with some names and I'll fit them into the, to the map. Um, but he came up with all this stuff. And then another guy was just like, I'm just a half orc barbarian. I'm a blacksmith and I like to hit stuff. So like, this is, that's how much flexibility you have. You don't have to flesh out your character as much as you want, unless that's your thing and do it. But if not, just be like, this is it, that's what I'm going with, and then as you play, if you feel like it and get into it, then you can start really developing your character and you know, sharing tidbits and stuff like that. So,
0: Yeah, um, and that's actually I've got a note further along down our uh, show notes, but I'll address it now. Uh, I've created a kind of character worksheet um, that I feel is pretty good for kind of helping you answer some questions about your character that then kind of push you towards different classes, different races, backgrounds, that sort of thing. Um, And I'll try to make that available that we can mention in our show notes for people to be able to reference. It's not all my original creation. I've stolen bits and pieces from the, from the reddits and uh, thrown it all together, but I would love to share it um, and have everybody tell me it's terrible. So Well, it's yeah. all,
1: everything we do here is to help you on your, your journey getting into D
0: and D. So, yeah. Um, so obviously next, uh, next thing you're going to want to decide is your class, I guess. Sorry. One of the things you're going to want to decide is your class and the classes for fifth edition the standard classes start on page 45 of the player's handbook. And there's 12 of them. Like we talked about in episode five and six, let's say, just go back and listen to those for some brief descriptions to help you kind of get an idea of who they are.
1: Yeah, and the and the role in combat that you want to pick because that's that's really where you start getting into what niche are you going to fill and how are you going to contribute to the party or what role do you want to play.
0: Right. Um, and again, just like races, if you've got a certain class in mind but don't really like you know, think that it sounds kind of not as fun when you start reading through the player's handbook, talk to your DM. There's great variants to classes, to subclasses, different rule changes that they may be, you know, they, you know, super excited to share with somebody and have them try out.
1: Yeah, just another quick example from the DM perspective on this, one of the campaigns I ran, uh, had a guy that wanted to do kind of the normal, I think it was a half elf rogue, but for his, and this kind of leads into the next thing that we're going to talk about, but instead of using the hand crossbows that rogues are proficient with, he wanted to be able to use a longbow. And his reasoning was it fit in with his backstory, which we'll talk about here in just a second, but he made it where it fit in with his backstory to where he used this longbow for hunting and things rather than, the two are the hand crossbows that a rogue normally is proficient with. And he worked it into a story and, you know, we allowed it because he made it make sense. So, you know, that's just the thing. Just work with your DM. You can tweak little things here and there. As long as it's my rule of thumb was, as long as it makes sense in the world. And as long as it's kind of justifiable by your character, you know, those are two kind of good, um, all around rules to go by if you're a, a dungeon master, but, you know, you can, you know, like, like Patrick said, you can tweak things here and there as long as it's okay with your DM.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I'd say as a dungeon master, you're going to be pretty, I guess, knowledgeable about what's going to break the game and what's, you know, just going to be a, a flavor change, you know, like crossbows and longbows kind of thing. There are some stat differences, but as far as flavor goes, I'd say it's not, you know, world breaking. So, um, that's right. So, all right. So, the final thing that's going to make up kind of the foundation of your character is their background. And when I say background, obviously your character is going to have some backstory, um, whether it's, you know, like Brady said, a five page, you know, lineage, like, you know, your entire heritage and all the terrible things that have happened Literally to you in your everything life. Everything about you. <laughs> okay. And then on the third day I ate, that sort of thing, yeah. Um, and then, or you know, the simple background of yeah, I was a blacksmith, and that's you know what I got so far. And, and I am angry, th- so I hit things. <laughs> arg. Um, so that's obviously a backstory. But in the fifth uh, edition, in the player's handbook on page one twenty-five, there are backgrounds, and so those backgrounds you can kind of look at them, use them for inspiration. And the different backgrounds have, you know, certain abilities, certain features that kind of are attributed to different things. Like, let's say one of them is a, a sailor. Um, and so your feature can be you know, something like, i very knowledgeable about ships navigating the ocean, that sort of thing. You know, tying knots and ropes, you know, something as simple as that. And then it'll also, those backgrounds... Will have different skills that you can choose from. The same skills that we'll talk about in a second that your um, your class gives you the ability to choose between as well. So that's right.
1: And like another example, real quick, um, just actually looking in the player's handbook, the very first one I'm missing a read off just because it's it's right here. But as an acolyte, um, one of the features that you get is called a shelter shelter of the faithful. And basically, that's like if you go into a town and there is a, a shrine or a temple or some type of gathering of like-minded faiths of your deity, then you can expect to get like free healing, you know, free little little helps here and there, kind of like you know, replenish your rations. Uh, you replenish your rations, things like that. Little helps. It's where it's not a big thing. You can just kind of think of it as perks. Uh, but then they also give you. Uh, different skill proficiencies, languages, and other equipment. And then another thing with your backstory is if you are kind of taking it easier and you don't really want to do the big five page thing and you're just like, well, I kind of want to do just an easy makeup of a, of a background, it has things for your personality trait, your ideal, your bond and your flaw. And basically that's just giving you, your main overall, your personality trait is your main overall kind of demeanor in how you play your, your character. The ideal is kind of what drives your character. And then the bond is the one thing that you're driven about that you do to, that makes you kind of tick that goes along with your ideal and then your one flaw. So that's the one thing that you have wrong like you eat too many powdered donuts, but it literally has a thing where you can roll a no D8 thing. A D- or a D6. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it has, it has a thing there, a table where you can roll a D8 or a D6 for each one of those. And it'll, it'll literally pick it by chance. So you don't have to do any work and then you can work that in your backstory. So just, you know, if you're struggling with a backstory and you don't even have to roll, you can just look through and take inspiration from it. But just if you're if you're struggling with coming up with that backstory and you want a little help or a little nudge in a different direction or a certain direction, uh, just peck, check out those uh, backstories in, in the player's handbook.
0: Yeah, um, and I, I guess I've always thought about the backgrounds section not necessarily as being super restrictive, as being you know just inspiration for you know for building your character and maybe filling in some gaps in yeah, the definitely. story. Um, So don't feel like you're don't feel like you're hamstringed into like ah well the acolytes thing says I gotta be I gotta be this guy but it's like no like take some inspiration make it your own
1: yeah the the biggest one of the biggest one of the biggest takeaways from this is do what you want to do that you feel comfortable with and work with your dungeon master those are kind of the two big takeaways. From this, but these are these are the steps that you'll need to take. So that's we'll, so we'll kind of move on down the down the line here. Yeah.
0: Um, so now that you've got those three picked out, you got your race, you got your class, you got a background idea going on, and now we're gonna decide, or I guess determine your ability scores. So in the fifth edition, there are three examples given in the player's handbook of how to determine your abilities. And we talked about those abilities in the third episode. That's Strength, Dexterity, Constitution, Intelligence, Wisdom, and Charisma. So those six main abilities. And the first method to determine these is the ones I'd say probably most generally used. A nice little Oh, you hear that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, and it's the most satisfying. Oh, so so nice.
1: I mean, it's it's the reason we get into playing Dungeons & Dragons, is to roll
0: some dice. Yeah. So whenever you use this method, um, you're going to take four D6, like we talked about in episode two. Gosh, I'm referencing so many past episodes. Um, episode d- d- three? Three. Um, <laughs> you uh, The D6 is the die that's you know found in your Yahtzee Shakers when you play Craps, play Monopoly, that sort of thing. So you're going to take four of those and you're going to roll them and you're going to pick, you're going to take the three highest results. Like, a, just for example, I just rolled some dice. I got a four, a two, and a two, and a one. So I'm going to drop the one. I got the four, the two, and the two. You add those together. So that would be uh, eight, eight total. Quick maths quick uh, 4 plus 4 um that would be 8 total so i would just write that down on a piece of paper so you do that 6 times until you've got 6 numbers and then you put those 6 numbers into whatever ability score you feel like you want that number to go with and be associated with so you know if you want strength to be high you want your highest result to be strength you know associated with strength you know if you feel like i can kind of sacrifice on the charisma because i don't want to be the you know smooth talking guy i'm going to put the eight that i just rolled um i'm going to put that into charisma so not going to be the face man
1: yeah and this this next one kind of it's sort of one step removed from the rolling the dice so basically it's called the standard array and you have six numbers that start from 15 it's 15 14 13 12 10 8 and you use those six numbers and you assign those to your one of your six skills so you're taking out the dice and you're just kind of standardizing the numbers that you have so basically you're getting pretty much three two really good rolls two or, or two really good numbers two you know kind of in the middle numbers and then two kind of lower so it's kind of covering the whole the gamut that you could roll, uh, but it's just taking away that, and you're kind of already getting your numbers. So then you just assign those to those skills, and that's that. And then there's the last
0: system, which is... Last system is the point-by system. And personally, Brady and I talked about it. I don't know anybody who uses this system. No, um, uh, it's not very common, and it's it's yeah. it's a little bit... I don't know. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of it. <laughs> um, but, I mean, if you if you look at it uh, on page 13 of the Player's Handbook and you think, well, you know, I, I think I want to do it this way. Um, essentially yeah, what by you, all means, yeah, do there's, it. There's a chart, um, and you get 27, quote, points that you kind of use to buy your different ability scores. And so, um, like it says in the Player's Handbook, you can use it to create a set of ability scores that have three highs results and three low results. So like three 15, so 15, 15, 15, and then three eights. Um, you know, if you want to have three stats that are super high and then you can <laughs> really sacrifice on three other ones, which to me sounds horrible. Um, or you can pick a completely average set of, uh, scores. So like 313s and 312s um, which is super average is pretty much flat across the board. but I guess in my opinion if if I was going to go with the average, I would probably just rather go with the standard array and yeah you know get some higher scores and maybe sacrifice one or two.
1: Yeah, exactly that's I think that's sort of the the mainstream kind of way of going about it. Yeah. Um, but now that we've kind of touched on the the skill points and assigning them, something I want to mention real quick and we're, we're about to touch on it is if this is your first time getting into this, uh, just kind of go through it through this flow. But if you've played a couple of times and you have a better grasp on character creation, uh, this is the point where we're going to mention that your race and your class, mostly your race, are things that you want to start taking into account if you are actually more worried about your stats and your placement of your ability scores and stuff like that, because using the standard array, if you know you're playing, you know, uh, a high elf that has plus two to intelligence, you could maybe use that mid score of a 12 with the standard array. And you know that you're already going to get plus two on your intelligence and you wanted your intelligence to be somewhat a little bit higher, instead of using that 15 or 14, you could use that 12 and place it in there in your intelligence because you know, you're going to get plus two to your intelligence through your race. So just go through the steps like normal, like we've kind of placed them out here. If this is your first time, but um, you know, if you're starting to get into it and this is a second or third character or uh, you know, it's not your first rodeo, just start, start thinking about that. If if that is something that you want to do and want to focus on your, um, kind of your numbers and your stats and stuff.
0: Yeah. um, I think it's, you know, these, these numbers, when you write them down on paper, they're not set in stone. It's something that you can write down on a piece of paper and say, I think this looks good. And then if the next day you look at it and say, Oh gosh, I don't, I don't want to be the you know guy who has like no strength whatsoever. Um, you can change, like you can adjust and change even if, Looking at your ability scores, if you decide to roll them and you think, oh gosh, like I, I can't even, I don't even want to play the character, the class that I had originally thought with these ability scores, change it up. Like it's not set in stone until you sit down for the first session. You can adjust, you know, change it up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that is a good point. Just don't feel restricted. And if you start to feel boxed in, just. And even if you do get in, you know, a couple of sessions, and if it's your first time and you, you know, have, say, anywhere from one to three sessions and you feel like this character or this race or this backstory or whatever isn't working, work with, again, work with your dungeon master. Try and work something out. Maybe you can sort of retcon or go back and reassess and kind of change something. And as long as the DM is okay with it, and it flows and it works and everybody else is okay with it, um, then just do it. You don't have to feel boxed in. But especially if it's your first time. Um, but usually as you go on and the more you play, you kind of start getting a little bit more settled. But again, yeah. just work with your DM. Yeah. Big takeaway.
0: Yeah. Big big takeaway is communication. Just like like with everything yep. in life. This is like a relationship show now. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tune in to one oh five point seven. <laughs> love fm um let's see so uh let's move on yep all right <laughs> so uh, next thing we're going to do is determine so with those scores that you've laid out like let's say we're going to use the standard array you're going to determine your modifier and so your modifier is essentially the p- kind of plus or minus that gets added to different things whether it be If you're trying to roll some kind of stealth or sorry, some kind of strength check, um, your strength will have a certain plus or minus, like a plus two, plus one, that sort of thing. And there's a chart on page 13 that lays out exactly what your modifier is depending upon your total score for that ability score. So just reference that chart, that way you can. See exactly what your modifier is going to be. Oh, yeah. And while you're, you know, making your character so you don't have to keep flipping back and forth, that's like the hardest or the biggest thing I run into is having to flip back and forth. There's a handy chart on page 12 that lists all the ability scores um, for the certain races and sub races. That way you can just reference that. You don't have to keep flipping back and forth.
1: Yes, very handy. It has it all in one one spot. But if it's your first time, you're definitely going to be flipping back and forth. That's kind of the part of it. It's a, it's a rite of
0: passage. You have to flip <laughs> back and forth. So, so like we talked about, those six main ability scores, the next thing we're going to talk about is skills. and That's kind of like a more specific subcategory underneath all the different abilities, um, except for constitution. Yeah, it's
1: like a subgenre <laughs> of a
0: genre of yeah. music. Yeah. <laughs> It's like there's Screamo and then there's like other kinds of Screamo. I picked a genre yeah. I know nothing about. Um, so the uh, there's 18 different skills. Um, and I'm just going to list off what they are. And they're pretty self-explanatory. Um, we'll kind of describe them a little bit. So the first one's going to be strength. Um, and Sorry, for, that's, that's one of the six main abilities. The first one underneath strength is athletics which is kind of obvious. It's just kind of your, you know, athletic prowess, you know, you're running, jumping, leaping, climbing, that sort of thing. Next, um, one of the, or the skills underneath dexterity are acrobatics, sleight of hand and stealth. So acrobatics is, you know, you're flipping, jumping, running up walls kind of thing. Your sleight of hand is whether it be stealing something or doing something without being noticed. And then stealth, obviously, sneaky, sneaky.
1: That's right. So then the next one under the ability scores, you have intelligence as your ability score, and then underneath that, the skills, they are arcana, history, investigation, nature, and religion. And summed up, these kind of get a little bit muddled, but arcana is not necessarily a history check of something magical. Arcana is being able to recall information on magical items. I know that kind of sounds a little bit counterintuitive, but it's not like a detect magic or is this magical? It's if you see something that is magical, like different runes or something, it lets you be able to identify that these are these types of runes. They are normally used for this type of magic. Instead of saying like, I do an Arcana check and I roll a nat 20. So I get to know what type of magic it is, what's this and that. No, it's just like, you you know about the Arcana. But anyways, uh, same thing with history. Basically, you're able to recall lore and just history about a certain uh, topic. Investigation is different from perception, which we'll get into in a minute. Investigation is uh, actually looking over something for clues to something, whereas perception, which we'll get into in a bit, is just the overall taking in of your surroundings so nature is more kind of like being able to tell what the weather is uh, or kind of have a sense for is it about to be stormy is this storm going to be bad kind of things like that and then religion of course is kind of like a history check but for religious things or just your knowledge of different deities uh, or ceremonial rites for things um, you know and just things that are related to religious activities and then the next ability is Wisdom. So the skills underneath that um, are a little bit more straightforward. So you've got Animal Handling, Insight, Medicine, Perception, and Survival. So Animal Handling is just that. It's if you come up to a horse that's freaking out and you know rearing up and neighing and just inconsolable, you want to try to calm that horse down, you would roll an a- animal handling check or if there's a, a dog that you want to try and befriend for sake of the story <laughs> then you would roll an animal handling check. It's what you insight need to get your, is... get your
0: pets <laughs> that you're yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> if then you had to take care of, for the rest of the campaign.
1: <laughs> yep. Basically. So then you move on to insight which is the ability to it's kind of like a gut feeling check for somebody um if you want to sense or try to not necessarily determine, but if you want to try and feel through intuition that someone is being truthful or if they're hiding something. Um, so basically say you're talking to somebody and through the body language or the language that the DM is using for that character. If you sense like, Hey, I think this guy's being shady or holding something back. You can do an uh, an insight check And it doesn't tell you what they're thinking, it just helps you determine, like, yes, this person is being shady, or yes, this person is holding something back. Uh, So just bear that in mind. And then a medicine check is basically if you're going to stabilize somebody if someone has dropped to zero health points, which doesn't mean that they are dead, it just means that they are unconscious, and that you are able to bring them back to a conscious state so they don't have to do death roll checks, which we'll get into later, but... Basically, it's just a way to stabilize somebody that has gone unconscious in combat. Uh, and other things like out-of-combat things, just like
0: the ability to yeah, find out stitch or fix a wound or splint a leg. Or, or
1: Yeah, just stuff like that. And then perception, this is what we were talking about um, against investigation. Perception is basically just your you perceiving the world around you, what you are able to notice, what you see so you actually have your active perception that you roll for and then you have your passive perception which is kind of sort of always active and uh they're the things that you can check against where if someone doesn't do uh an active perception check you can throw it out uh or the the dm will take it and compare it to some certain numbers and basically it's just a way of your awareness of your surroundings and then survival checks are being able to navigate through dense woods, um, collecting food uh, or foraging food if you're out in the woods and things like that, tracking stuff like that that you can get really in depth with with your uh, your dungeon master if you would like, but uh, just the ability to track and stuff like that.
0: Yep, and last uh, under the charisma ability is going to be deception, intimidation, performance and persuasion. These seem you know, pretty easy to understand deception. You're obviously trying to um, convince somebody of something that's not true. Uh, like you're telling a lie and trying to convince them that it's it's what's real. Uh, intimidation. Um, so you might be uh, flexing a little bit, maybe trying to show somebody that it's in their best interest if they believe what you're saying. You know what I mean? You know, maybe crack your knuckles a little bit. And then a uh, performance yeah, or just
1: be super mean and like <laughs> yell at someone.
0: Yeah. Um, performance is obviously, you know, performance you are putting on a show, whether it be doing a dance, singing a song, you know, that sort of thing. It's a big part of being a bard. And then finally persuasion. So this may be, you know, you're actually trying to tell the truth and you're trying to convince somebody that you are telling the truth and so deception and persuasion kind of go hand in hand interchangeably so let's see it's
1: a dm call kind of a thing yeah uh, depending on what the what the character is trying to accomplish uh, on the on the character so it's just i mean and sometimes you can justify that you're using deception if you're a rogue and you're trying to be sneaky about it or if you're more of like a paladin that doesn't want to you know, lie to someone and you're just trying to persuade them through your, through talking or whatever, you Mm -hmm. know, that's, but it's, it's basically just dungeon master kind of a, a call sometimes.
0: Yeah, definitely. And a lot of times the dungeon master will kind of hear what you've got to say in your role playing. And then, you know, based upon what they know, they know the truth. And so they know whether you're being deceitful or you're being truthful and just trying to persuade somebody um and so those are the 18 different skills and the way you you determine those the modifiers associated with those skills pretty much in the same exact way um you're going to take the ability score that they're associated with like deception associated with charisma you'll take the ability modifier for charisma and then if you're proficient which I'm about to talk about you're going to add your proficiency bonus. So if you're not proficient, it's going to have the same modifier as the main ability. But if you are proficient in that skill, you're going to get a little bonus. So proficiency bonus, um, every character, every class has it. And it's all the same for every character and every class at every level. So level one characters are all going to have proficiency bonus of plus two. And then it goes up to plus three level five. So it's gonna, there's a handy chart on every single class page, and also one at the beginning of character creation. It shows what your proficiency bonus is. So as you're making your character, as you read through the classes, backgrounds, races, that sort of thing, if it says you're proficient with something, that means when you do something with that ability or with a certain kind of weapon, or with you know different things like armor, that sort of thing, you're going to add... Actually, I don't think it gets added to armor. You are going to add your proficiency bonus. So if you're using a weapon that you're proficient with, you're going to get to add that proficiency. If you're a rogue and you're being sneaky, you're more than likely going to be proficient with stealth. So you can add your proficiency bonus on top of that. So just something that makes certain skills special for different classes, makes you a little bit better at doing them than your other party members who may, you know, may not be as proficient in those skills.
1: That's right. So then the next thing that you're going to want to consider is going to be your equipment. And this isn't that big of a deal. Um, this is more just like your basic adventurer's kit. So, like your bedroll, your flint and st- steel for starting a fire, and torches and things like that. Uh, all these things can be found on page 143. Um, you can either, this is again up to your dungeon master and your party if you want to be super meticulous about everything, keeping up with all your weight and stuff like that and what you can carry. Or if your DM is just like, you've got the kit, you're fine, you've got it, whatever. Um, so, that's on page 143 that you can see there. And then the next thing that goes along with that is your armor class or your AC. So that's basically what it takes to hit you and be able to deal damage to you. If you make that hit, it's on page one forty-five. It's basically light armor, medium armor, heavy armor. And then if you can carry a shield, but we're going to go in depth on that in another episode, but, um, it just, these things are things that take into account, which AC or your armor class is kind of a big thing. Uh, But again, that's on page 145. You can look those over and we'll go into more depth in those in a future episode.
0: Yeah. Um, And even in our next episode, whenever we actually, you and I will make some characters and we'll kind of give everybody kind of a general idea of determining armor class. You know, like I'll determine armor class for my character and you will determine yours for you. So good little walkthrough.
1: Yeah. And then going something I forgot to mention going along with that as well another piece of equipment is your weapons uh that's on page 140 f- 146 and 147 and um we'll go into more depth with the equipment episode but uh that's something that you will take into effect you'll get a certain starting weapon choice uh that you'll choose and it's basically just different amounts of damage that you're able to do but yeah. that's pretty much that
0: yep um All right, so one of the last things we're going to talk about as far as the specifics of kind of making your character are your hit points, which are literally, if you've played video games or done any other kind of gaming, it's like your health represented as an actual number on your piece of paper for your character. So uh, your hit points are decided based upon your class and your Constitution modifier. So, just as as an example, your if you're a barbarian, your hit points are determined with a D twelve. So, every time you level up, you would typically roll a D twelve, a twelve sided die, and add your Constitution modifier that you've already determined, and that is what you're adding to your maximum hit points. Um, Whenever you level up and on each class, it it tells you what your starting hit points are going to be. So like your starting hit points for being a barbarian, it's going to be 12 plus your constitution modifier. Whereas the little wizard, it's going to be six. So it's kind of the, the big boy and the little guy. You get the tanky and the squishy. Yeah. So, um, like I said, Barbarian uses a D, or D12 for their hit die, and a wizard uses a D6. So, And it's just class yep, dependent. And that's
1: all listed in the... Yep, and it's all listed. It's actually on page uh, 140, or Sorry, I'm still in the hundreds. It's on mm-hmm. page 45 yeah. at the beginning of the class chapter. It has a list of uh, your hit dice for each yep. class. So something that you want to look at, it's kind of there in one spot. Or you can look it up specifically by class.
0: Yeah, the charts are your best friend, and the uh-huh. while you're navigating through the player's handbook, um, so that uh, that about does it for kind of the the general, you know, basics of making your character. So you should be able to go through, you know, reference the player's handbook, reference back through each st- step along the way through this episode, and be able to pretty much make a character, um, and. Well, like I said, our next episode we're about to do um, next one is going to be us actually going through kind of more casually and making two unique characters um, that you know we're just coming up with, you know, on the fly. So that'll be a good little fun walkthrough.
1: Yeah, that'll be that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, be a little bit more of a relaxed episode. Not so much, um, you know, kind of this is this, this is this kind of a. Uh, more of a little hangout episode kind of a good little little in between break type thing uh just to chill out or if you're like all of these things are great this is information but now how do i put that into effect that's where we're going to help you walk through it and put all these things together that we've been talking about and sort of start to get the flow and and make your first character or another character if you've made one before
0: Yep, and there's you know there's things that we'll talk about as we go through, you know, making those characters that aren't quite referenced out and you know out in the open in plain, uh, plain language in the player's handbook. So we hope to kind of make it easier to understand and give you reference for those things, like determining skills and sort of thing. It Doesn't really talk about it a lot in the mo- in the handbook, so we're gonna spell it out for you.
1: Yeah, we'll try and help streamline and from what we've learned and the things we've had to go through to create a character, uh, cause yeah, some things aren't, you know, quite black and white or written in, in the player's handbook that you have to a little kind of suss out yourself, but yeah, we'll help you through it.
0: Yep. Um, and as we've mentioned several times throughout this episode, um, one th- you want to make sure that you're in constant, good, positive communication with your dungeon master. Um, because they are the ones who are you know, in control. They know they have a pretty good idea of how the campaign, the world, you know all the details inside of it, you know whether it be the different societies of races in there, um or you know what classes may be more prevalent in this region, or you know all those things. So,
1: yeah, and another thing with that is, be in contact with your party members your other fellow party yeah. members that are going to be playing with you as well just just
0: as Patrick has said
1: communication is key all the way around yeah
0: and you know you don't have to have any kind of connection any kind of relation to your fellow party members or anything but sometimes like if you you know if you're playing with your best friend and you want to you know your characters to be related or be best friends in the game too like just you know, yeah or be connected some way to do, it, do it. it or you know be like ash and gary <laughs> from pokemon and just hate each other um, and yeah, be rivals <laughs> it's you know it's, it's those things that you can kind of build on and flesh out to make your campaign completely unique and uh it's it's fun making a character in my opinion sometimes i've got all these ideas for characters that i'm never going to get a chance to play but they they sound really cool (laughs) yeah
1: they're fun to they're fun to get down on paper eventually so yeah that's going to be it for today's episode on character creation and stepping through the process join us for the next one where we actually will step through the process and walk you through us creating our own characters where you can get a feel for it so we hope that you've enjoyed and found it informative. And if you have, please consider subscribing and reviewing us on iTunes. Uh, it would mean a lot. Tell your friends and spread the word about us because we don't pay for advertisements or put out anything like that or pay for spreading the word. So just every little bit kind of grassroots helps. And, uh, and as always, please let us know if you have any questions or something that you'd like to hear in a future episode by emailing us at thevitamindndpodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. That's the vitamin D the letter N D podcast at gmail.com or on our Facebook page at vitamin D and D podcast. Uh, just check that out and search for that. Or you can check us out on our website. You can just Google or type in the vitamin D and And you can reach out to us there and read some of our articles and show notes. But other than that, keep an eye out for our next episode uh, where we'll be walking through that character creation episode and uh, kind of helping you through the character creation. But other than that, take it easy. We'll see you after a long rest.